Welcome to Before You Tank, thriving in an industry that sucks. We say it sucks because 98% will fail. Our mission is to make sure you don't. Hi everybody, welcome back. Um, I had a thought this morning that we're sitting here in genuine love and passion to share, but it dawned on me, these people have no clue who we are. So you guys, we're hoping that at you've caught on to us and you've enjoyed our banter. Um, we hope we've given really good, valuable content, but I thought thinking, let's, let's dive into who we are a little bit so that these people kind of go, oh, now I'm gonna listen a little better. Right? It is funny, right? Because you think you're really, we're gonna have the website, sure, and our profiles and everything, but when you're a podcast, it's like, there's so many people that will hear this and they're never gonna go back to the website. Let's just be honest, right? So, <laughs> exactly. Let's get a little bit deeper into this, it'll be fun. Right. And at what point do they go, I like you or I don't like you? Right. Is that kind of what they're doing? And then they go, <laughs> but even if I don't like you, if you have a good background, I might listen. So like, yeah, I think it'd be really fun. Tell Paul, you have a really, really cool background. Um, in fact, you guys, I was asking him, I said, I think it would be really fun to share like stories, like our best and worst stories. But we're we, we want to do that, but we're like, we want to protect the innocent and the names. And so we have to figure that out a little bit. But he started talking about, well, I've built for luxury planes and sometimes they just want to make one of this. And I'm like, you have to share this. So tell us who you are. No, it's interesting because when I, when I start working in this industry, right, I was just taught, I tell people, okay, I design the seats and people like seats. But then actually what I really work on is the seats for, my background is like designing the seats for luxury aircraft, like executive seats, which has anything you can ask for, right? If you have money, you ask, okay, I need heating, I need a massage, I need my seat gold-plated, name it. And <laughs> so it's I've like a brickstone vest in, yeah. a, in, a, in a plane. But that's one part of things, right? Like having that luxury product, but then... I have that luxury product, it needs to go on the plane which can fly. And it has really strict regulations with the certifications and everything. So my thing is- So you can't just take like a, a throw, you know how they have those back massaging seat things. You can't just take that on a regular luxury plane. <laughs> no, no, you cannot. You can't. Oh my God, I didn't know that. That's hysterical. Okay. Well, you had to do that. It was probably going to million or two dollar million dollar cost of developing that kind of technology. Wow. So it's not on. It's not only the wow. seat. You had to develop the new technologies. You had to consider the weight. You had to have that all aspect of the product, and it has to certify crash testing. Like I have designed product for 16G crash all the way to 23G crash testing and 23G crash you mean yeah. like going down fast yeah going there fast and <laughs> oh you God. have to survive on that seat oh wow that's a lot of pressure uh, that's a lot, a lot of pressure it's a lot me. to ask of a seat but I'm in. It's gold -plated. I'm in I'm <laughs> well, in well I don't think so they care about that gold plated on that point but I think learning from that whole experience like I work that's on that industry with different cool. different companies and learning from that like not only seat but then I also got involved with the entire interior of the aircraft. Like whatever, you, when you walk in the aircraft, whatever you see or touch and feel, every aspect has a design and you have to follow regulations. You have to meet those standard quality criteria for everything. Airbus and Boeings are one of the things like the computer, their documentation is strict. You cannot deviate anything. I think with that experience, I think I've built really good experience about what product should be how to design the product and how to make this product efficient because aviation is all about the cost. 
Yeah. Weight is most important and it needs to be strong and it needs to look luxurious. Right. So, wow. So you're adding a lot to one little product. That's actually, that's pretty impressive because that makes sense now why when I send you something, now I see your thought process because you are always making it awesome look at the cheapest price with high quality because you know that naturally. That's what you, that's a lot. That's pretty impressive because that's a little hard to come by. That's a hard to come back. And another thing is like, like we had like aviation industry is not like you just start working a product one one year and it's going to you have five years. I have a crash testing happening. I failed the test. I had to find a solution in a day or two, <gasps> develop it and send it. So we are like. I've been to that like working rush and making sure the right quality product goes on there and also supporting a lot of manufacturing of that product. And that's where I got my manufacturing background where I learned how to work with the manufacturing, how to make the prototypes. And I think literally like I have made prototypes from the cardboard boxes just to prove the concepts all the way to the actual like sheet metal parts where we're drilling the holes on the sheet metal just to prove a concept. And I think that really helped me to understand what product should be, how it should be, how to work with the customer because I'm involved, right? And I think that's where I'm like really enjoying this podcast because I think I'm giving that knowledge that I learned to everyone who can use that knowledge, like working with you guys and providing that feedback. I think that's cha- challenge for me. I enjoy doing that, but also helping them too. Yeah. And let me tell you, most of the products that I've sent you don't crash. <laughs> they don't have to make it to the crash test. They don't have to tra- so, crash but it, but they need to Now I know quality. why your brain is working the way it is. Because I'm always like, well, can't you just throw this piece on this piece and make it happen? And you're like, no, it doesn't go that simple. So now I get it. Yeah, it's not only crashing, that. right? It's also reliability. Like the product needs to be reliable. Oh, totally. And, and I, I think a lot of time, a lot I've seen a lot of time, like people forget that reliability part. They said, okay, I have these three parts goes together and they work fine. Now my question is, are they going to work fine for the hundred time? A right. thousand times it's going to fail yeah. it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a challenging, that's really fun part. And it just, I enjoy doing that. That's awesome. Yeah, you thrive on that. I can tell. But what a fun way, right? To be able to sit here and share with people your 20 years experience from your perspective for them. And it fun? I mean, I think this has been probably the funnest thing I've ever done, even though I have no clue what we're doing. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I seriously have no idea, but I'm loving it. And I don't know if... Obviously, I'm a talker, so maybe I like hearing myself talk, but I don't think that's it. I think I like that we have banter and we're really sharing content. So I'm so excited that you agreed to do this crazy idea with me. <laughs> so, Keith, I got to know. what? Tell me about you, baby. What made this? Oh, man. I, so I think my, my path in getting here only makes sense if you're ADHD because that's sort of like what it looks like. It's all over the place with, you know. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Welcome to that world. Go yeah. ahead. Yep. So I, you know, when I, when I step back and I look at my career, I kind of jokingly call myself the accidental rocket scientist. And now I'm not even doing rocket science anymore. You guys, but literally, he's a rocket scientist. I mean, that's his degree. He's an aerospace engineer. Isn't that like when he told me that one day I almost fell over. So, and, and really, and now he does marketing. Right. It's funny. And so people are like, how did you get from there? So I think that's, I think that's worth talking about, right? Because so I get so many people about. asking me like, in aerospace engineering why are you not working for spacex why are you know yeah and so exactly my 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 career path my experience at this point has been has been quite a journey and i think what i've realized is that 
I really enjoy the technology, the business, and the market, and bringing them all together and conveying why each piece is important, right? So I speak the language of the technologists, I speak the language of the market and the business leaders, and I'm able to, you know, be that bridge in between and help bring that, that all together. That is what makes you amazing, because you really, I mean, no offense to engineers, because they're wonderfully awesome people at what they do, but they don't usually have a marketing personality. They don't have that talent. Because that's not what their that's, job is. That's, that's not, not their, their focus it, is. But you have that incredible ability. Like, I have seen you look at what's so foreign in my head, because I, I don't think I'm a, a, a dumb person. I can pretty no. much catch on into technology pretty quickly. But I've looked at things where you're like, oh, but up, 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 you know, well, let's market it like this. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't even know what we're looking at yet. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I love that so. impersonation. Can you run that away again? <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing that you have that gap. There, I always keep saying that you should bottle. But you're right. You have that gap. And then on top of it, you are a CEO mind. You know, we've had that conversation before. Like, it's hard for my ego to go. You really shouldn't be the CEO, but I could. <laughs> but I don't want to because it took me a long time to realize I just want to sell it. I want to have a lot of fun. I want to make a lot of money. And I want to get my time off when I want it. So tell us now, why why the company? Yeah, why growth strategy? Why? And so I think to do that, I'll go all the way back for a minute and just talk through it and how we got here. Um, and also and kind of encourage anyone who's on their path and realizing like I'm in a spot, but I really want to make a change is that you really can grow and develop some of these skills and abilities. Right. Because when I first started, obviously, I did not have the same perspectives and didn't even realize some of the gifts I had until I worked at them and developed. And how that looked was I started for a big company. They did incredible technology. I worked in very, very technical aspects of it. Um, I like to sum it up by saying, you know, I've worked on systems that are now deployed in space, that fly, that are on, you know, driving terrain and underwater, world. right? So crazy stuff. And so it's kind of fun because you step back and you're like, oh, that's orbiting the earth right now. You know, it's, it's wild stuff. But in the end, I realized that the engineering was, was a lot of fun, got to work on a lot of, uh, a lot of really good challenges. And then there was this piece of me that always saw the business side of it and was like, it's not connecting. Like there's there's something happening here where the business has this pain point and engineering is doing this and like we have this little bit of a disconnect. And so I found myself bridging that disconnect quite often. And then that's that, more common than we realize, isn't it? It is, Can especially be. if especially if technology development R and D is done too much in a vacuum, right? If you don't get early feedback, if you don't talk to your, if you don't really know who your customer is. Now, good teams are doing that, right? I don't want to make it sound like this is all over the place, but there's so many times where it is a little bit missed because, you know, you're trying to move fast. You're trying to, you know, do what the customer needs. Right. And so, you know, a really good, in, in small scale, it's a little bit easier to control that conversation, right? A product developer knows to have that conversation all the way back to the client. But when you're talking like big development, yeah. hundreds of people, you know, thousands Lockheed and thousands Martin and thousands of hours of engineering that go into it, it gets much more complex. And so the development is usually over the course of, you know, two to five to like 10 you years, said five years, right? Yeah. It, it can be very long term. Mm -hmm. And so in that process, I realized like there needs to be this consistent story between customer need, customer pain and engineering deliverables, if you will. And this got me into this path of doing business development in that industry, because that was really about understanding the customer and relating it back to the engineers. And since I was an engineer by training, 
I spoke easy. that language. Yeah, right? you could talk for And so I, I learned the business side. I learned the business development side, which opened up new opportunities. And so I kind of worked this way through to um, a really, really cool opportunity thanks to an awesome mentor I have. Just quick plug for mentors. They're amazing. Definitely. No matter where you are, Hands find up. one. Um, this incredible mentor that I had that opened this opportunity for me to lead some of our internal research and development for the company. And um, soon after that, the person who I was working for left the company and there was a massive void. And so I just said, I'll do, I'll it. do it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> one of those one of those things where it's like, I'm so glad I did. Super challenging. It was it was incredibly challenging couple of years. But looking back, the opportunities I had in that time frame were amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. We had a huge portfolio of projects tons of money to invest in this stuff. And we got to actually change the way we approached development because there was a, there was a real, uh, you know, if you were looking at strategically long-term in the market, there was a huge shortcoming that was going to happen in the future because of the time it took to do development. And so uh, we said, yeah. how do we do this faster? How do we get better at launching technology quicker? And so at that point we really brought in this whole lean startup mentality into the company right. and started working with engineers that have been doing. Oh, and I bet the, you led that. The same thing. I can thing. see yep. your little mind. Going. Engineers are just like a lot. I've seen my experience was a lot of time engineers just like think this, and they really don't train to think outside the that engineering zone. Right, and especially if you've been doing it in, in defense of those people. If you've been doing it for forty years this way, and it's been doing great. And now technology is accelerating or, or disruptive technology is coming in at a pace much, much faster. You have to be able to adapt to that. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Think about and all the There's been a lot of that in the last so 10 years, There's been so much right? of that in the last 10 years. And so it was time for a paradigm shift inside the company. And so what we did is we ended up creating our own internal incubator accelerator, kind of following the you know friends and family angel funding and VC funding, kind of following that model, but using our own internal R&D dollars to do it. And so, oh, that we so figured cool. it out with compliance. We we got it done right, and we started this whole innovation process in the company. And that was where I realized, like, I love this aspect of taking an idea, vetting it quickly, you know, kind of fail fast, if you will, and right. learn from it, improve or move on to the next one, and then really accelerate the ones. And it opens opportunities that previously may not have been on the table. So all of a sudden, <laughs> you're the startup guy. So all of a sudden, you know, there's a ton of, you know, connections to startups. At that time, I was mentoring at the local incubator Groundswell, which is now <laughs> has its own building. Um, it's it's just been an awesome journey. And that's been over a number of years now and just have stayed connected. And at that point, you know, realized like I I love doing this stuff. I love providing that kind of strategy. I love seeing how it can go from idea, no understanding the technology piece and launching it all the way into a viable business. And that being a key part of it is always the viable business. So I ended up leaving big corporate, um, really fantastic people, really fantastic, just amazing things there. But at the same time, I really want to have the impact in small business like we did yeah. internally. That's your little idea. And that's where, we ended, that's where I ended up here. And um, it's funny, we you know talk about the company as a marketing company most of the time. But in reality, it's all about that growth strategy, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about kind of getting to that, what is it that you do and how do we help you get where you really want to go, whether whether you involve technology in your process or not, but then leveraging the technology that's coming out, whether it be 
AI or, or whatever new technologies to help that business right. achieve it. So all that is how I went from rocket science <laughs> to marketing. It's this and crazy And now you're path. doing growth strategy coaching, which is like, in my world, since I've known you, that is where you belong. You, it's because you, like you said it really, really well. You know how to look at every piece and you understand every piece in a way that you can sit down and you are so good at that 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 coach like I'm very direct and loud and you're like you see it and you're kind of like softly massage it you know it's really you're really good at that and it's funny too because you know we talked about that a little bit and I I realized like I I finally just have to like accept the fact like hey these are these are where my strengths are these are my gifts I should spend more time in in areas where I'm strong and just continue to develop those and so it is, it's a ton of fun to be able to really focus on those things. And so we take that into everything we do. But the best part is, as we've all experienced, how many people are out there that, you know, there's, there's we only have 24 hours in a day. Right. So how in the world do we help the hundreds of people that have these same and problems? And we're hoping we get more than 100 to listen. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. how do we help more and more? But even one-to-one that come to us throughout the year, right? There's yeah. so many people we have conversations with. How do we multiply that? Make it thousands, and, right. and so this podcast is really kind our, of our the outlet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think stepping back, looking at the whole journey, where it's at now, I'm really excited because of all these things that I've done. I've realized there is so much learning in an accelerated time frame, and now just being able to share that, it's like the reward. It's, so it's fun. Yeah. Having known me for as long as you know me, weren't you shocked when I called and said, let's do this podcast? Were you like a little bit off your, were you thrown? Cause <laughs> oh, I know you were so overwhelmed with work. It was so, Oh my goodness. It was so yeah, funny. That was so- a time frame. I was like, why am I saying yes to this? <laughs> I have like, like too much stuff going on, but it was like so spot on. It was mm-hmm. so spot on that right? I was like, I, I've got, do this like it we need to do this we need to do I, I think the same thing when you we talk about that i said there's a better way because i i we kept talking about the people having issues and i was like knowing all those things i said i think we need to get out as you say that reach out to more people and help them out and this is the great platform to help people just get, give them some idea about what they should be doing it and it really comes back to mission for me because when I step back, it's like I didn't start this business to, to own a marketing company. I started this business to help the people that I could help, right? And now we're expanding that. So this is just expanding that mission. And bonus points because anybody listening can do any of this stuff for free. So right. they don't even need to pay somebody to learn this stuff. So it's huge. That is, it is huge. It's, um, I know for me, being that I've always been, I kind of work my own little gig, you know, like I, I kind of take on the product and then it becomes my baby. And my goal is just to make that success for the person who trusted me to run with it. And, um, and you know, I've lived quietly in my own little bubble. And um, I've had friends and family in life call me Lulu's land because <laughs> I like my little happy Lulu land. And so for me to go, Oh, let's get verbal and go out into the yeah. world and like, oh my God, you guys, I don't sit on the edge anymore because I'm fat in that seat. So like, I'm really self-conscious of things. So I was really surprised, that, yeah, it was but really it was on my heart it. that we have to do this because I just, I, I just, I, 
I'm all about the lean and how to do it as inexpensively as possible because we do know there's only 2% success rate. That means 98%, 98 people out of 100 are going to fail and they're going to spend a fortune. And so I just didn't want to see it anymore. I couldn't stand it anymore. We met, we did a three-way call and something just started stirring. And I'm like, we have the perfect team, you know, like we've seen it, we've done it, we've lived it. We've all got 20 years or more and um just a little bit and um so I just it was it, it was a must for me like this was such a must and and even my daughter's like mom what are you doing like this is so against what you do because you guys my business comes by referral yeah it's so funny I mean every time we've had that conversation you're like oh maybe I should make a website and then we and we talk about it and you're like just kidding I, I've always done it this way like well I'm not doing that <laughs> and so the fact that you're like no we're doing this podcast I was like can you take a temperature here? <laughs> okay, like I was just all right. Seriously. It really got serious when we did the trial run at Disney. <laughs> we did fun though. It was fun. That was fun. It like, was yeah. fun. Yeah. That, that moment just solidified it. We were like, whoa, this that really worked. This needs to happen. And you guys, I, you know, I, I, I haven't said much in this about what I do in my background, but um, I, I know I talk more than everyone, so you've probably heard. But you guys, it started for me, and I think you probably know this. I don't know if Puan knows this, but I was married. I went to college for um, my degree was in marketing, and my minor was in corporate management. And I was married to, he's a very sweet guy, but college was not something he was really supportive of. I thought I'd go to law school, so I had to fight a lot to get through my college. And um, um, when I divorced him, <laughs> I, I married my daughter's father, and um, I, at this point, was working two jobs. I couldn't use my degree because by then I was in restaurants where I'm making three times the amount of money you were. Like, I think entry level was 18000 I was probably making sixty five. We had had a restaurant at one point. And um, so my daughter's father did not see the need for work <laughs> as much as I would really have enjoyed that. And so... He decided that he was going to be this crazy inventor. And he had taken, you guys, I worked two jobs, one car, and he took the car apart. <laughs> so, oh. so, and I have a baby. <laughs> so, I mean, not to be a jerk, but I was sort of pressured a lot to find a way to succeed. So I have this degree I worked really hard for. I have this small child. We're living in a friend's house. I'm walking to two jobs. And coming home to a man who's like, well, now I just put in a new part. I think it's going to drive faster. And I'm just going to shoot me. I'm, I'm giving up. And he actually got it. You guys, he gutted this Chrysler LeBaron. So it was a big old car. He gutted it and put in um, a lawnmower engine and some hydraulics. And we actually got in and drove it. And I went, I don't know a lot, but that was kind of impressive. <laughs> and so I, I remember coming home from my second job. And, um, you know, I got a kid I'm taking care of and we're living with friends, which I was mortified. He didn't seem to have a problem. And um, but they were talking about how we could start this company and they could we could raise some funding, which got my attention because I'm thinking we could actually pay rent somewhere we could get paid. Right. And so we started we started to create this small company and started getting some funding. And then I realized we got to sell something. And so back then, I think I've told you guys, you would go to the library and you would look up people or I would read the newspaper and it became my mission. I was going to sell this sucker because I am getting out of my two job, raise a kid, live in the back. I mean, it was horrible. And so I started picking up the phone and I remember I called um, General Motors first 
And they said to me, I said, can I just talk to somebody about, I have a drivetrain that gets 155 miles to a gallon. And the woman's like, oh yeah, you and everybody else. And I was like, there's other people doing this? And she goes, well, there's, we see 5,000 things a day, you know, a year. And I was like, seriously, like, I think in my world, right? You guys, I'm young, I don't know any better. I think I'm like the only one that has a brilliant idea. So they're like, this is the process you go through. Well, I knew really fast that is not going to cut it for me. <laughs> and so I called everybody, General Motors, Ford, Chrysler. I kept going around and around and around. And so I would pull out the newspaper and I would read something in the newspaper about someone and I would track that person down. So that's how instead of LinkedIn, I had my own thing. So I would call. So within three weeks of starting at General Motors, I got through to this gentleman and um, he was kind of the product development guy and he started talking to me and he said, yeah, that's interesting, but you know, we don't really do outside research, whatever. And so I went to everybody, you guys, at one point I talked to, um, oh God, what is the big company? Um, United Technologies. Oh, wow. And I laugh because I always tell people that you don't understand the value of the cashier at Walmart. She knows the inside scoop. So she can get to your general manager. So you don't always have to start at the top to get there. So I'm calling United Technology. I find this guy. I leave this message. And now it's like 8 o'clock at night and I get this phone call. And I'm talking to this guy and he said, oh, I'm interested. Tell me more. So I'm telling him all about it. And there's so much noise in the background. And I said, can you hear me okay? Now I think I'm talking to a cashier level at United Technology. And the man says, now keep in mind, you guys, this is... 28 years ago, probably 30 years ago. And he said, Oh no, I'm on an airplane. Well, back then wow. I'm like, That's Oh my guilt. God. You're like, what? I'm like, they let you use a phone. He goes, honey, if they're going to give me the plane, they're going to let me use the phone. <laughs> Who am I talking to? I'm like sitting there like ghost weight. Now I'm humiliated. So I'm like, and he goes, it's okay. Take a breath. I want to help. And he did. He made some connections for me. And um, somehow I ended up back around th in three weeks. I was back to the same guy at General Motors. And he said, you're not going away. Bring the car. And so once he let us in, then the other guys let us in. So you realize your true gift. I was <laughs> like, I am persistent. I can do this. And so they told us it was political. And I went to the White House. And so I called every day for Al Gore. Because back then, Al Gore was heading up fuel cell stuff. And I called so many times that the receptionist said, Luann, read the paper, he's not even in the country. <laughs> and that's when I realized, I literally was offered, somebody found me and offered me a lobbyist job because I was so good at getting to those people. And um, we just ended up, we formed this company and we started down this path and I got my pantyhose deal thrown my way and that was kind of where the world turned for me. And so I don't, I never knew anything, but I knew that I could learn anything. Do you know what I mean? Like I was uh -huh. going to achieve. And so I got really lucky that I had enough deals and I flipped enough property that I could support my kid, you know, even being single. And um, I did every deal on such a shoestring budget that recently when we decided to do a podcast, I thought it was the first time I truly realized that I do everything for no money because I never had any. Like it was always, it was always a challenge. And I realized that's when we came up with the whole thing that it's a, a need to launch system because just like you, it was like I needed to solve this solution. And 
And I don't know if what made me think the podcast would do it. My prayer is that people are actually listening to what we're going to share. And that way, people that don't, don't have money and can't come out and hire us can catch on to it really mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. And so, and, and when we talked and I went, oh my God, we're the perfect circle. Like we can literally teach every little piece. We've seen every little story. You know, I just thought it was ideal. Um, I will say, um, we've had some laughs and we're able to share, but I forgot, like we share stories behind the mics that really bring us to tears or help us to, we laugh so hard we wet our pants because we, I've tried something stupid and you guys are like, what were you thinking or whatever. But I didn't realize when we went to do it on, in live that I had to watch my mouth more. <laughs> Like, I have noticed that we spend more time editing out the things I say. But it's because, right, I didn't realize that we can't, we have to be delicate, right? Yeah. That's the only thing, you guys. So as an audience, you know, we are trying to protect the innocent and we are trying to share the stories. And we have some incredible inventors that we would love to share what they've been through and how well they've done, but that's not our place. Yeah. So don't you agree that that's not what we came to do? So um, we always end on a tap. So give us a tip about you. Like, I think it would be really fun because we do take clients. Um, Not that we did this, please. We did not do this for you to hire us. We did it in hopes that you didn't have to hire us, truly. Um, But let's say, let's just say, if you could give one tip out there, um, what would it be about you that you would? I would say, if you want to open new doors and opportunities for yourself, do something that scares you all the time. Like every day, do something that scares you just a little bit, whether it's saying yes to that opportunity, whether it's trying something you've never done before, like get yourself uncomfortable. And so it's, it's, <laughs> I it's do that every day. Crazy. But I do. Yeah, exactly. Right. Hey, I've got to call the, you know, the CEO yeah. of General Motors every or whatever day. it is, or, you know, I've got to pitch this idea that it's been brewing in the back of my mind, or I'm going to make that phone call and reach out about getting funding, whatever it is, like take those little steps, get used to uncomfortable because sometimes, like I found when I just raised my hand and like, I'll do it, you know, it opens in some incredible doors. And so when you're comfortable do it, being uncomfortable, you just get incredible opportunities. Oh, and that's so huge. We wouldn't be sitting here today if I yep. didn't say I'm going to do it no matter what. And I love that. I, you know, I always say, I, I ask myself this question often. Um, if I wasn't afraid, would yep. I, what would I do? And I, it just resonates with me really well because if I'm thinking about something and we're talking, your mind is talking yourself out of it. You just say, "Wait a minute! If I wasn't afraid, what would I be doing?" And it's always what you you want to say yes to, but you're not because you're like, "Oh." So, what's your tip? I think my tip. I mean, I think you said it pretty nicely. Like, take a risk. It's always worth it. I was gonna say, don't let it go, but be smart. Just you know where what's your limits are. Just know your limits, but. You can do a lot of things by just knowing those things. You can, you are win. If you know your limits, I think you are really succeeding, succeeding in your business or personal life or anything. Oh, I love that. I love that. I think my tip is believe in yourself and, 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 and know, I know this sounds crazy, but I used to go to Disney and stand in front of the, the castle and listen to the dream dreams do come true. And you chanted it when my kid was little, but dreams do come true. So for me, if, if, if General Motors is the car, the place I need them to buy my product, I think it can happen. So mm-hmm. if you believe that you can see it, you believe it, 
you just take the steps to do it. The worst that happens is you were wrong. But like you said, the doors that that opened along the way, I mean, yeah. people sought me out for th- it was crazy because I didn't I never like I said, I never I probably dove into a pool without looking to see if there was water often, <laughs> which is actually what my attorney would say, like, seriously, or Luann, you're the only person I know that has the worst luck, but you just, you just, your car just broke down in front of a multimillionaire that now you talked in investing in the product you're working on. Like that was just me. So that is, I think that's been my only real gift in life is that that persistence that I believe, I believe, I always believe there's a way, there's a how, there's, it's going to work. There's going to, you know, it's going to happen. And I've taken sales aptitude tests where it said that's your weakness, that you think it's always going to work out or I'll talk my way out of it. So to do a podcast probably makes total sense because I feel like we can talk our way into (laughs) helping people. I really believe that. I think that this is going to make an impact and we're going to help people. I really believe it. And you guys, having said that, again, email us, ask us questions. Um, Do we have it set up where they can ask us individually or does it come to one? Yeah, I mean, even if they just put it in there and just say, hey, this is for Pawan or this is for Yeah, this is what I want to know. Ask. We want to teach what you need to hear. You know, we want to give free feedback. We love to look at new products and tell our take on it. So we've now told you about us. Um, Tell us about you. Yeah, please. Exactly. Tell us about you. To you. Thanks.